Hi, I'm Pastor DeAndre J. Cross Sr., the pastor teacher of the St. John Baptist Church of Belle Place, Louisiana. Thank you for joining me today on the Renewing Your Mind podcast. Let's go into the sanctuary of the St. John Baptist Church and hear today's message. For the time that is ours to share on this morning, I simply want to label today's message, Don't Worry About a Thing. Don't Worry About a Thing. A man once ran into an old friend who was known for worrying. He worried so much that he had been sick with high blood pressure and ulcers. When they met each other, one said to the other, hey man, how is your health? That friend re re replied by saying, man, it's great. My ulcers are gone, my blood pressure is 120 over 80, and I don't have a care in this world. The man responded by saying, wow, that, that sounds great, but out of curiosity, he asked, how did you manage all of that? Because you used to worry so much. The friend replied by saying, I know, but see what I have done is I've hired a professional worrier and I tell him what's bothering me and he worries about it for me. That's incredible, the man said. I'd like to have one of those. How much does he cost you? Well, the friend replied, he, he's not cheap. He charges over $100,000 a year. The man in shock said, how in the world can you afford to pay so much for a professional worrier? He responded by saying, I have no idea. I let him worry about that. We smile at that on today, but wouldn't it be nice if we could hire a professional worrier and dump all of our problems on them? I mean, let's face it, we all worry. In fact, everyone worries. Everyone at some point or another in their life has worried about something. Even the best of us and even the rest of us have worries on our heart and on our minds. In fact, there are many of you who have tuned in to this worship experience on today, even though you are tuning in, even though you worship right along with our worship team. But the reality is you're sitting in your home, in your bedroom, in your car, wherever you are, and you're worried about something. Parents across this country are worried about whether or not our children will have to go back into the classroom in the height of this pandemic. Public health officials are worried that if we don't get this virus under control, then there won't be any more ICU beds, and as a result, even more people will succumb to this virus. Someone watching today, you're nearing retirement age and you're worried about whether or not you're going to have enough to keep you up, Lord have mercy, whether or not you're going to have enough to keep you after you are not working anymore and you're worried. 
someone you're waiting on the results of your COVID-19 test and you are worried about whether or not that test will come back positive or negative. Employees are worried about losing their jobs and not having enough resources to sustain them and their families. And even pastors are worried about the health and safety of their members. They're worried about how to do ministry amid this new normal. And we're worried about whether or not the church is going to survive in the end. The point today is, beloved, that everybody worries. And if you're viewing this sermon today via Facebook or via YouTube and you are not worried about anything, then you will be worried that you aren't worried. And if you are worrying, if you do worry, then you're probably worried that you worry too much. Why? Because everybody worries. But the question becomes, in light of this, the question has to become, do we have to worry? And the answer is no, we don't have to worry because the good news of the text is that Jesus has given us a prescription for worry. Jesus has given us a cure for our anxiety. You look at our text on today, Matthew chapter 6. Verses 25 through 34 is a part of a long discourse called the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon that Jesus is preaching, it is said that Jesus spends one-seventh of the entire sermon on the Mount addressing this issue of worry. That is, one out of every seven words he dedicates to the subject of worry. He deals with this topic of worry because Jesus understood that not only was worry an issue that they had to deal with back in his day, but he understood that worry was an issue that we are finding ourselves having to deal with today. And therefore, it will do us some good on this morning to see what Jesus has to say about this issue of worry. He opens our text in verse 25 by saying to us, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. He begins by telling us, don't worry. That word worry comes from actually a combination of two words, one word meaning to divide, the other word meaning mind. And this word worry means to have a mind that is divided between two outcomes. The idea here is literally to be pulled in different directions or to be pulled apart. The picture here is to suffer the tension of your hopes pulling you in one direction and the trials of life pulling you in the opposite direction. When you are overcome with worry, you are being pulled in different directions and eventually you will be pulled so much that eventually you will be pulled apart. 
Eventually, you will begin to unravel. Eventually, you will become, or eventually, you will come apart. And Jesus is saying to us here in this text, Jesus is saying, don't allow life to put a squeeze on you and cause you to become torn in two different directions. And therefore, Jesus says, don't worry. When you look at the grammar of this text, the grammar of this text actually suggests that this is really a command to cease an action that is already happening. And so what Jesus is saying in this text, Jesus is not saying do not worry. No, what Jesus is saying is stop worrying. Whatever has you worried, whatever has you concerned, whatever has you filled with anxiety, Jesus says, stop worrying about it. He says, therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. And he tells us what we ought to not be worried about. He says, don't worry about what you go eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. And don't worry about the clothes that you are going to put on your body. Because isn't life much more than food? And isn't life much more than clothing to the body? Jesus says, stop worrying. Have I got a witness here? So Jesus says, the reason you don't have to worry is because I am able to take care of everything that you need. Jesus gives us a glimpse into how he operates. And therefore, he, he shows us several things in this text. He, he says to us on today three things in particular. He says, don't worry because worry is unnecessary for you. I'll say it again. Jesus says to us in this text that we ought not worry because worry is unnecessary for us. He, he, he shows us by showing us a lesson in nature. Verse, verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He said, if you really want to see how God operates, then you ought to look at nature. If you want to see how God operates, walk outside of your house. So walk outside and just pay attention to the birds. And when you pay attention to the birds, here's what you're going to notice about the birds. You will notice that birds don't worry. You will notice that birds don't have high blood pressure. You will notice that blood, that birds does not have stomach ulcers. You will see that birds are, are not punching time clocks. You will notice that birds are not worried about their 401k plans. Birds are not worried about stocks and bonds. No, birds are not trying to go to the ATM to withdraw money out of it. No, birds are not worried because subconsciously birds are 
understand that God is going to take care of them. Birds understand that they may not know where their meal is going to come from, but here is what they do know, that they will have a meal. Have I got a, have I got a witness here? And the Bible says that if Jesus can take care of the birds, how much more can he take care of you because he is your heavenly father? You don't see birds perched up on the tree worrying about anything. Now, I don't want us to get this misunderstood because Jesus is not saying that we ought to quit working because God is going to provide. No, he is saying that that we do not need to fret about food because God will provide. See, the birds of the field, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, but they do work consistently at finding food and eating. And they are not anxious uh, that they're about their work because they know that God will provide. And this is what Jesus is saying to us. Jesus is saying, you ought to work, but do not be anxious about the, what the outcome will be. Because God values you much more than he values the birds. And if God can provide for the birds, God can provide for you as well. How I got a witness here? He says, look at the birds. But then he says something else, verse 27. He says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Now, there are two thoughts concerning this verse among scholars and theologians. Some say that this verse refers to how tall or how short you are because a cubit was a linear measure about 18 inches it's about the length of a man's forearm from the for, from the elbow to the tip of the middle finger and then there there are other scholars who suggest that Jesus may have been piggybacking off of a uh, cultural nuance that suggested that the oppressor was much taller than the one being oppressed. Then there are other schools of thought that render this to mean how long or how short one lives their life. But either way, the point is simply this. Worrying about it will not make you taller and worrying about it will not make you live longer. In fact, the more you worry, the more likely your chances are that your life will become shorter. Have I got a witness here? Because worry has a way of leading us to an early grave. Dr. Charles Mayo, the famous doctor of the Mayo Clinic, he wrote that worry affects the circulation it affects the heart, it affects the glands, and the whole nervous system. He says, I have never met a man or known a man to die of overwork, 
But I have known a lot of people who die of worry. Did, did, did you get that? I have not known a man to die of being overworked, but I have known a lot of people who die of worry. Worry is foolish because it brings no benefit. Worry is foolish because it is unnecessary. Worry is foolish because it can make your life even shorter. And he says something else here in this text. Verse 28, he says, so why do you worry about clothing? He says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He says, he says, when was the last time you saw a tulip at JCPenney? But when, when was the last time you saw a lily at Ross? When, when, when was the last time you saw flowers being fitted by a tailor for tailor-made clothing? When, when was the last time you saw that? No, no you, you don't see that because, because flowers are not worried about that. They're not worried about the latest fashion. They are not worried about the latest style. They are not worried about whether or not they have on Apple Bottoms or Michael Kors or Gucci. No, they're not worried about all of that. Why? Because God the Father clothes them. And if God can do it for the birds of the air. If God can do it for the lilies of the field, how much more can he do it for you? So, so why are you worrying about what you're going to wear? Have I got a witness here? Why are you worried? So Jesus says, stop worrying you of little faith. So you got to be careful with this issue of worry because what worry does, it distracts our thinking and what distracted thinking does is distracted thinking always leads to distrustful thinking. If God said that he is going to take care of you, then we must take God at his word and not allow worry to weaken our faith. He says, stop worrying. So he says, don't worry because worry is unnecessary for you. But then he says a second thing. He says, don't worry because worthy is unwor unworthy of you. Don't worry because worry is unworthy of you. In verses 31 through 33, Jesus tells them a second time. He says to them, therefore, do not worry. And I like, I like what Jesus does because Jesus repeats himself. Anytime you see something repeated in scripture, 
It's called the law of repetition. And anytime something is repeated over and over and over, it's being repeated because the writer is trying to draw emphasis upon that thing that is being repeated. And so Jesus here is trying to draw emphasis. He's trying to hone down on this point. And he says to us again, do not worry. Do not worry. And then he explains why we ought not worry. Look at verse 32. He says, don't worry for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. He says, don't worry because worry is not for you. If, if you are born again Christian, if you are believer, if you are a child of God, then worry is not for you. No, it's, it's not for you. Worry, that, that's something that the, the Gentiles do. The Gentiles are the ones who, who seek after these things. The term Gentile, it refers to people who do not know God. And Jesus says that they are the ones who worry like that. Because see, when you worry, you make it look as if you don't know who God is. Did you get that? When we are filled with worry, when we are overcome with worry and anxiety, Lord have mercy, when we are, are um, under the load of worry, then it makes it look as though we are being hypocritical. It makes it look as though that those of us who claim to know who Jesus Christ is, it makes it look like we really don't know him. Here it is, you're worried about food, but, but Jesus is saying, why are you worried about food? Don't you know that I am the bread of life? You're worried about what you're going to drink, but don't you know that I am the living water? You're worried about COVID-19. You are worried about all of the stuff that you're facing in your life, but don't you know that I am bigger than any problem you will ever face in your life? And besides, I already know what you have need of. I'm already aware of what you stand in need of even before you ask me. And therefore Jesus says to us, he says, stop worrying because worrying is not for you. Worrying is beneath you. Worrying is unworthy of you. Worrying, that, that's for the, for the Gentiles. You, you don't see a child worrying about, about what they're going to eat. I, 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 I thank God for my children. My two youngest ones, they are very smart. They have conversations among themselves. But I've never once walked up on my children talking. And I've never heard them in, in a conversation that goes like this. I've never heard the line say, well, DJ, what we going to eat tonight? Well, DJ, we got to make sure these these bills are paid. No, they, they don't have conversations like that. The reason they don't have conversations like that is because they trust deep down that mama and daddy are going to take care of their needs.
needs. They know that they're going to have something to eat. They know that they're going to have a roof over their heads. Why? Because they trust their mama. They trust their daddy. And in a higher and holier and more heavenlier way, that's how we ought to trust our heavenly father. He knows what we have need of. And he is able to meet all of our needs. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Say worrying. That's that's not for you. That's 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 not even worthy of you. But then look what he says in verse 33. He says, don't, 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 don't worry about it. God will take care of it. But but here's what you gotta do. You gotta seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Jesus here. In verse 33, he gives us a command that is followed by a wonderful promise. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. That, that word seek is a present active imperative. In other words, it's, it's not optional. He, he's commanding us to seek first the kingdom. As one writer puts it, one writer puts it this way. The command here is not to seek God because it is assumed that the disciples of Jesus already seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. No, the focus here, as one writer puts it, is on the command to seek God first. Lord have mercy. This, this is not a a word about process, but it's a word about priority. He says, seeking first the kingdom should be an ongoing priority in your life. He says, to put anything ahead of God is the worst thing that you could ever do. So therefore, he says, we ought to seek God, but we ought to make sure we seek him First, we ought to make sure that, that we seek him ahead of everything else in our lives. We ought to seek him first. And when we do that, he gives us a wonderful promise. And the promise is, and all these things will be added unto you. What are all of these things? Jesus defines them for us in verses 25 through 32. He says all these things meaning what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. In other words, all of the necessities of life. If you seek first the kingdom, if you make God's kingdom first priority, then God will meet all of your needs. And what a wonderful promise to claim. He'll meet all of my needs. I, I, like, I like that. He, he will meet all of our needs. I like that. This text is teaching us that we ought to value 
the source more than we value the resource. Have a lot of witness here. This text is teaching us that, that we ought to value the blesser more than we value the blessing. Have a lot of witness here. He says, because, because the resources may run low and the resources may run out, but as long as you have the source, then you will have everything that you need. As long as you have the source, then you will be able to say like David said, I've been young and now am I old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. When you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, God will meet your needs. I'm through and I got one more thing to say and I'm going to sit down. He says, don't worry simply because worry is unnecessary for you. Don't worry because wor worry is unworthy of you. But then thirdly and finally, he says, don't worry because worry is unproductive for you. Verse 34, he says it again, therefore, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. Jesus here gives us a warning against borrowing trouble from tomorrow and bringing it into today. He says, stop worrying today about tomorrow. And instead of worrying today about tomorrow, let tomorrow worry about itself. The reality is, people of God, that some of us worry about things that may never happen. And that's what worry is. Worry is paying taxes today for something that may never happen. Worry is living today as if something will happen today that will never happen in your life. Most people, most people are crucified beside two thieves, yesterday and tomorrow. Tony Evans said recently, he said, did you know that today is the tomorrow that you were worried about yesterday? <laughs> And so Jesus is saying to us on today, let yesterday go. Let, let yesterday go. And once you let yesterday go, then he says, leave tomorrow in the hands of the Lord and live in peace today. Let yesterday go. Leave tomorrow in the hands of the Lord and live in peace today. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. And I don't worry about my future, 
For I know what Jesus said. And today he walks beside me. For he knows what lies ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. Thank you for listening to the Renewing Your Mind podcast. We pray that today's message was an encouragement unto you. Until next time, be encouraged.